This is the Bible in one year, day 228. How to raise your game. Some of the world's top squash players used to practice at the club where I played. I remember well the first time I saw at close hand a high-level game. It was the son of one of our regular group of players. At the time, he was ranked number 11 in the world. He came to practice at our club with the world number two. We all watched in amazement. We'd never seen anything like it. In fact, if that was squash, what we played should have been called something else. Watching them always raised our game. Suddenly, we realized it was possible to return practically any shot your opponent could serve you, however good they were. We saw how important it was to get back to the middle of the court after each shot. We watched how deep they hit the ball. We noticed the shots they avoided playing. When we went on court after that, we astonished ourselves by how well we played. Of course, we did not play anywhere near as well as them. But inspired by their example, we played a whole lot better than usual. During my Christian life, I found the same pattern. For example, I had the privilege of working for Sandy Miller for 19 years. Through watching his life and hearing him preach, I was always inspired by his example. Even though reaching the level of those who are examples to us might not be possible, hopefully it inspires us to raise our game. A Christian is someone who believes in Jesus, puts their faith in him, knows him, and lives in Christ. It is also someone who follows his example. There is no greater example in human history than the example of Christ. Paul writes, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. From Proverbs 20 The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. Many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find. The righteous lead blameless lives. Blessed are their children after them. When a king sits on his throne to judge, he winnows out all evil with his eyes. Who can say, I have kept my heart pure, I am clean and without sin? Differing weights and differing measures, the Lord detests them both. Even small children are known by their actions, so is their conduct really pure and upright? Ears that hear and eyes that see, the Lord has made them both. Do not love sleep, or you will grow poor. Stay awake, and you will have food to spare. It's no good, it's no good, says the buyer, then goes off and boasts about the purchase. Example of your life How you live affects others. You look to others for an example. Others look to you as an example. This happens whether you like it or not. Nowhere is this more the case than with parents and children. I've noticed how many of my father's eccentricities I seem to have picked up. Of course, parents provide examples in more serious ways too. The righteous lead blameless lives. Blessed are their children after them. Parents who live lives of integrity bring great blessing to their children. Billy Graham said, Integrity is the glue that holds your way of life together. We must constantly strive to keep our integrity intact. When wealth is lost, nothing is lost. When health is lost, something is lost. When character is lost, all is lost. You do not need to be perfect to be an example. No one apart from Jesus can say, I've kept my heart pure, I am clean and without sin. Nevertheless, we can all seek to live a life that is a good example. Parents need to demonstrate love and faithfulness to each other, treating one another with patience and respect, 
resolving disagreements with grace, supporting one another in hardship, and not being drawn into inappropriate relationships with other people. Many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find. Another area where you can be an example is by drawing out other people's thoughts. The purposes of the human heart are deep waters, but those who have insight draw them out. I often think of this verse in the context of an Alpha Small Group host, drawing out the thoughts of the people in their group. This is the art of a good conversation facilitator. It's the skill of the interviewer to draw out the deep waters within the person being interviewed. It is an extremely important task for parents with their children, and it is important for friends with one another. There are great depths to every human being. The skill is to draw out those depths. Lord, help us to live lives that are a good example to others. Help us to demonstrate purity, faithfulness, and dedication. New Testament from 1 Corinthians 10 and 11 Therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. I speak to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. Consider the people of Israel. Do not those who eat the sacrifices participate in the altar? Do I mean then that food sacrificed to an idol is anything, or that an idol is anything? No, but the sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons, not to God, and I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot have a part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. Are we trying to arouse the Lord's jealousy? Are we stronger than he? I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Eat anything sold in the meat market without raising questions of conscience, for the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If an unbeliever invites you to a meal and you want to go, Eat whatever is put before you without raising questions of conscience. But if someone says to you, This has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it, both for the sake of the one who told you and for the sake of conscience. I am referring to the other person's conscience, not yours. For why is my freedom being judged by another's conscience? If I take part in the meal with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of something I thank God for? So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the Church of God, even as I try to please everyone in every way. For I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Example of Paul People do what people see, writes John Maxwell, the leadership expert. The more followers see and hear their leader being consistent in action and word, 
the greater their consistency and loyalty. What they hear, they understand. What they see, they believe. Paul writes, with what might seem to be great audacity, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. The first half of that sentence is dependent on the second half. Paul's example is only worth following to the extent to which he follows Christ. He's bold enough to say and believe that he does. That in itself is a wonderful example to follow. This verse concludes a section in which he has urged the Corinthians to flee from idolatry. They're to keep themselves pure as they participate in the communion service in the body and blood of Christ. This is the focus of our unity. We all partake in the one loaf. When we drink the cup of blessing, aren't we taking into ourselves the blood, the very life of Christ? And isn't it the same with the loaf of bread we break and eat? Don't we take into ourselves the body, the very life of Christ? Because there is one loaf, our manyness becomes oneness. Christ doesn't become fragmented in us. Rather, we become unified in him. We don't reduce Christ to what we are. He raises us to what he is. Even though you are free, everything is permissible. Be very careful how you act, because not everything is constructive. We want to live well, but our foremost efforts should be to help others live well. You have amazing freedom in Christ but you are to use this freedom for the benefit of others and for the glory of God. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Everything we do must be to the glory of God. The whole aim of your life should be to use your freedom to seek God's glory and the good of others. This is how the Apostle Paul led his life, even as he tried to please everybody in every way. For I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. This is the context in which he wrote, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Lord, thank you for the example of Jesus. Help me to follow your example as Paul did. Help me, Lord, in whatever I do, to do it all for the glory of God. Old Testament from 2 Chronicles 5-7 Then Solomon summoned to Jerusalem the elders of Israel, all the heads of the tribes and the chiefs of the Israelite families, to bring up the ark of the Lord's covenant from Zion, the city of David. And all the Israelites came together to the king at the time of the festival in the seventh month. When all the elders of Israel had arrived, the Levites took up the ark, and they brought up the ark and the tent of meeting and all the sacred furnishings in it. The Levitical priests carried them up, and King Solomon and the entire assembly of Israel that had gathered about him were before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and cattle that they could not be recorded or counted. The priests then brought the ark of the Lord's covenant to its place in the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and put it beneath the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread their wings over the place of the ark and covered the ark and its carrying poles. These poles were so long that their ends, extending from the ark, could be seen from in front of the inner sanctuary, but not from outside the holy place, and they are still there today. There was nothing in the ark except the two tablets that Moses had placed in it at Horeb, where the Lord made a covenant with the Israelites after they came out of Egypt. The priests then withdrew from the holy place. All the priests who were there had consecrated themselves, regardless of their divisions. All the Levites, who were musicians, Asaph, 
Heman, Jejuthan, and their sons and relatives stood on the east side of the altar, dressed in fine linen and playing cymbals, harps, and lyres. They were accompanied by one hundred and twenty priests sounding trumpets. The trumpeters and musicians joined in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, the singers raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good, his love endures forever. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. 2 Chronicles chapter 6 Then Solomon said, The Lord has said that he would dwell in a dark cloud. I have built a magnificent temple for you, a place for you to dwell forever. While the whole assembly of Israel was standing there, the king turned round and blessed them. Then he said, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who with his hands has fulfilled what he promised with his mouth to my father David. For he said, Since the day I brought my people out of Egypt, I have not chosen a city in any tribe of Israel to have a temple built, so that my name might be there, nor have I chosen anyone to be ruler over my people Israel. But now I have chosen Jerusalem for my name to be there, and I have chosen David to rule my people Israel. My father David had it in his heart to build a temple for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, You did well to have it in your heart to build a temple for my name. Nevertheless, you are not the one to build the temple, but your son, your own flesh and blood, he is the one who will build the temple for my name. The Lord has kept the promise he made. I have succeeded David my father, and now I sit on the throne of Israel just as the Lord promised and I have built the temple for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. There I have placed the ark, in which is the covenant of the Lord that he made with the people of Israel. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the whole assembly of Israel and spread out his hands. Now he had made a bronze platform, five cubits long, five cubits wide, and three cubits high, and had placed it in the center of the outer court. He stood on the platform and then knelt down before the whole assembly of Israel and spread out his hands towards heaven. He said, Lord, the God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven or on earth. You who keep your covenant of love with your servants who continue wholeheartedly in your way. You have kept your promise to your servant David, my father, with your mouth you have promised, and with your hand you have fulfilled it, as it is today. Now, Lord, the God of Israel, keep for your servant David my father the promises you made to him when you said, You shall never fail to have a successor to sit before me on the throne of Israel, if only your descendants are careful in all they do to walk before me according to my law as you have done. And now, Lord, the God of Israel, let your word that you promised your servant David come true. 
But will God really dwell on earth with humans? The heavens, even the highest heavens, cannot contain you. How much less this temple that I have built. Yet, Lord my God, give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy. Hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is praying in your presence. May your eyes be open towards this temple day and night, this place of which you said you would put your name there. May you hear the prayer your servant prays towards this place. Hear the supplications of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray towards this place. Hear from heaven your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. When anyone wrongs their neighbor, and is required to take an oath, and they come and swear the oath before your altar in this temple, then hear from heaven and act. Judge between your servants, condemning the guilty and bringing down on their heads what they have done, and vindicating the innocent by treating them in accordance with their innocence. When your people Israel have been defeated by an enemy because they have sinned against you, and when they turn back and give praise to your name, praying and making supplication before you in this temple, then hear from heaven, and forgive the sin of your people Israel, and bring them back to the land you gave to them and their ancestors. When the heavens are shut up, and there is no rain because your people have sinned against you, and when they pray towards this place and give praise to your name, and turn from their sin because you have afflicted them, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your servants, your people Israel. Teach them the right way to live, and send rain on the land that you gave your people for an inheritance. When famine or plague comes to the land, or blight or mildew, locusts or grasshoppers, or when enemies besiege them in any of their cities, whatever disaster or disease may come, and when a prayer or plea is made by anyone among your people Israel, being aware of their afflictions and pains, and spreading out their hands towards this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place. Forgive and deal with everyone according to all they do, since you know their hearts, for you alone know the human heart, so that they will fear you and walk in obedience to you all the time they live in the land, that you gave our ancestors. As for the foreigner, who does not belong to your people Israel, but has come from a distant land because of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm, when they come and pray towards this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place. Do whatever the foreigner asks of you, so that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you as do your own people Israel. And may know that this house that I have built bears your name. When your people go to war against their enemies, wherever you send them, and when they pray to you towards this city you have chosen and the temple I have built for your name, then hear from heaven their prayer and their plea and uphold their cause. When they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin. And you become angry with them and give them over to the enemy, who takes them captive to a land far away or near. And if they have a change of heart in the land where they are held captive, and repent, 
and plead with you in the land of their captivity and say, We have sinned, we have done wrong and acted wickedly. And if they turn back to you with all their heart and soul in the land of their captivity where they were taken, and pray towards the land that you gave their ancestors, towards the city you have chosen, and towards the temple that I have built for your name, then from heaven, your dwelling place, hear their prayer and their pleas, and uphold their cause, and forgive your people who have sinned against you. Now, my God, May your eyes be open and your ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. Now arise, Lord God, and come to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. May your priests, Lord God, be clothed with salvation. May your faithful people rejoice in your goodness. Lord God, do not reject your anointed one. Remember the great love promised to David, your servant. 2 Chronicles chapter 7 When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord, because the glory of the Lord filled it. When all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground and they worshipped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, He is good, his love endures forever. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord. And King Solomon offered a sacrifice of twenty-two thousand head of cattle and a hundred and twenty thousand sheep and goats. So the king and all the people dedicated the temple of God. The priests took up their positions, as did the Levites with the Lord's musical instruments, which King David had made for praising the Lord and which were used when he gave thanks, saying, His love endures forever. Opposite the Levites, the priests blew their trumpets, and all the Israelites were standing. Solomon consecrated the middle part of the courtyard in front of the temple of the Lord, and there he offered burnt offerings and the fat of the fellowship offerings, because the bronze altar he had made could not hold the burnt offerings, the grain offerings, and the fat portions. So Solomon observed the festival at that time for seven days, and all Israel with him, a vast assembly, people from Lebo Hamath to the Wadi of Egypt, On the eighth day they held an assembly, for they had celebrated the dedication of the altar for seven days, and the festival for seven days more. On the twenty-third day of the seventh month he sent the people to their homes, joyful and glad in heart for the good things the Lord had done for David and Solomon and for his people Israel. Example of Leaders We're all called to be examples. However, some have a special responsibility. People of God were called to be an example to the world. They were given special blessings by God and called to be an example to other nations who would be attracted by their good reputation. As a result, people from all over the world would come to know the Lord. Jerusalem, in particular, was chosen as an example for my name. God also chose, as particular examples, David and Solomon to rule his people Israel. But other leaders 
also had a responsibility to lead by example. The Levites had a particular leadership role in the worship of the temple. The trumpeters and singers also had a leadership role. Solomon leads by example in worship and prayer. He knelt in full view of the whole congregation, stretched his hands to heaven and prayed. He tells others about God's greatness and worships him with thanksgiving. Solomon's prayer of dedication shows that Israel would often fail in this role. He prayed many times that God would forgive them when they turned back. After Solomon prayed, God so filled the temple that there was no room for the priests. When all Israel saw the fire fall from heaven and the glory of God fill the temple, they fell on their knees, bowed their heads and worshipped, thanking God. Today, under the new covenant, we are God's temple. As Joyce Meyer writes, God wants to display his glory in and through us as dramatically as he did in the physical temple of Solomon's day. When God's glory is manifested in your life, others will look at you and say, Wow, what a great God you serve, because the power of his goodness towards you is visibly evident to them. Lord, thank you that you want to display your glory in and through me. Please fill me today with your Holy Spirit and enable me to follow the example of Jesus and be an example to others. Pepper adds, In Proverbs 20 verse 13 it says, Do not love sleep or you will grow poor. Oh dear, I do rather love sleep.